0: hey everybody welcome to the next episode of the justice revolution i am your host the ever so faithful james the patriot i have with me my beautiful co-hosts erica and justice say hello guys hey guys so it has been a couple of weeks since we did a broadcast i apologize life has been crazy as you guys i'm sure as you guys are all aware uh school has started for a lot of us um homeschool has started for a lot of us by the way have you guys seen the the numbers of people that have that have increased into homeschooling have you guys seen that
1: no yeah I heard like 30 percent
0: yes yes I mean if you if you want to affect change in the education system what better way than to educate your own kids
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, and I, I need to say this you know I, I need to put a little disclaimer out there I realize that not everybody has that ability to do so Unfortunately, in the society and the world we're living in right now, and the the morons that, that call themselves in charge in this country right now, they have created a, a real crisis. Uh, yesterday, I saw that we have now surpassed the highest inflation in our nation's history.
2: Yay!
0: Congratulations. I, when I went
2: to the grocery this last week. Everything is like... Several dollars more, all yes. of a sudden, I have felt like, yes, what the heck.
0: Well, I mean, we're seeing it everywhere, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, uh, or you, Erica, but here in Utah, gas, um, the most expensive, the premium gas is almost five dollars a gallon. Um, I remember, uh, back during Obama's presidency, it, it got pretty dang close, and I'm like, there's no way that this is sustainable, I can't afford this, there's no way. And here we are again, creeping up there. So I,
1: I drove over to Wyoming yesterday and gas was 374. I'm like I'm filling up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean that's 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 the sad reality is that yeah. we're 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 having and this is what doesn't make a lot of sense to me. At least here in Utah, we have four four refineries here in the yeah. state.
1: Yep.
0: We have four refineries and they're yep. pumping, you know, Justice just mentioned she went over to Wyoming. They're pumping. They have a pipeline. They're pumping oil directly from Wyoming here to here to Utah and It makes no sense to me whatsoever, but I don't know. I digress. What do I know? Not much.
1: (laughs) They have profit margins, James. They got to keep up with the...
0: Apparently they do. (laughs) Apparently they do. But yes, um, going back to what we're talking about, yes, uh, you you said 30% increase in homeschooling, which is fantastic. And I would just tell you people, um, if you're considering, you know, based on what's going on, I've got a couple of stories I'm going to tell here in a minute, but if you're considering homeschooling your children, don't worry if you don't know how to. There are so many programs out there um, from really good sources. Prager U, by the way, did you guys see that uh in Florida, the Florida schools are are gonna start teaching Prager U content? Did you guys see that? No. no. You guys know what Prager U is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're gonna start teaching that. They're gonna start teaching those those constitutionally sound principles. Um, which is fantastic. But like I said, they've got a homeschooling program. Um, Hillsdale college is the other one I'm thinking of.
2: We, we take a couple of those classes and and yeah, he's a, my youngest is a freshman this year. Totally understandable for him. He's doing the one on the Congress right now and why it doesn't work. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Why? His, yes. what What their fallacies are, right? Now, Erica, you, are you homeschooling him 100% or, or is it like a mix?
2: Well, I have been for the last couple of years, but this year um, with our move to our homestead, his only request, because if we had stayed put, he was going to be able to play as a freshman with his senior brother, who's the captain of the volleyball team. And it was going to be ah. totally awesome. So his only request in this move that we made was to be able to play volleyball somewhere, and I checked everywhere, like all the homeschooling stuff, and uh, there mm-hmm. just wasn't anything. So I found out I can enroll him in just a couple of classes at the public school. Yeah, he can play on the team there. So yeah, uh, and it, it's been really good to help get introduced to the community and find out what the needs are, and uh, it's been a blessing so far.
0: Yeah, I I, w- I would say you know my wife and I are finding that um now more so than ever especially with our older kids with my daughter who's in high school um i have another daughter who's technically middle school but here in utah we call it junior high um she's in eighth grade um when, when your kids are getting older into those those areas like like my younger kids my twins man we can't wait to get them out of the house some days <laughs> go to school <laughs> go take your frustrations out on your friends at school um but i mean and I please don't misunderstand. I love my kids to death. It's just, sometimes we need a break, you know, my, my wife lovingly jokes. She's like, I love my kids. I just don't like them that much.
1: (laughs) You know, what's interesting, James, when I found that the kids learn that behavior from school, they do because that is the way my kids were. And after about three months of decompressing, their relationship was loving, they were common, relaxed. Yeah. So it's often a double-edged sword because that yeah. behavior is spurred on by having to survive in school. I had a and similar it's, thing. And
2: it's yeah, crew. yeah. I my mean, son was turning into the class clown, and when I when I had pulled him out, and just total trajectory change into yeah. maturing into a young man who's going to yeah. be an amazing father and husband. And um, yeah, it's it been huge. and all these other derpy little twerpy friends that are still in school are like on a bad trajectory. It's, it's Mm -hmm. quite obvious.
0: I mean, but it, but is it any reason, I mean, is there any wonder why that is? I mean, they're in a class with what, 25, 27, 30 kids and and they're, what do kids want? They want attention. Yeah. They want to know that somebody's listening. They want to know that they, that they, that their concerns are being heard. And and there's only one adult in the room to these 30 kids. What,
2: what do they expect? It and is, it's a false he, environment like sit still be quiet when when our boys our kids i guess girls too we're not meant to sit still and be quiet no. we're meant to adventure and explore and move around and mm-hmm. and so you set them up for failure immediately
1: just in the very environment of such
2: a classroom yeah so i true. forget
1: which country it is they their school system is like 75% play and they're mm-hmm. like in the top 5 in the world academically
0: yeah because again like, i mean it's it's there's a complete, and this is the thing is, is this is why I say getting back to where, where I was going with this is so my, my oldest daughter, um, she really struggles with this whole structured school thing. I mean, she is one of the smartest people I've ever met. I mean, I don't, she's way smarter than me. Um, she has maintained a 4.0 average since she was in seventh grade. I don't know how she's done that, but she does. Now I know that we shouldn't and my wife and I have have really changed our you know what what are we basing on or basing their performance on and it's not the grade point average. I mean if she was averaging a 2.0 I wouldn't care. But she's she demands so much of herself um and she's incredibly intelligent. I I've I've had conversations with her where I feel like I'm talking to someone who's 30 years old. Wow, and she's great. 16. That's great. But the struggle she has is, is she doesn't do well with structure and with pressure with being to school at this time and doing these things at this time. She's a very gifted athlete. Um, she's played basketball since she was in seven or excuse me, in sixth grade. And she loves to play and she wants to play for the school team, which is why she goes to a couple of classes at the school, but she takes other classes online. And what's funny is she'll take the other classes online. She'll be done with that class. And there's still two weeks left of school. Yeah. So I I really feel like we need to look at education needs to be based on what's best for the kids and how we need to tailor it based on, on the way they learn, not on the it's a one size fits all system. Which well, is that's what...
1: what that's what homeschools for, James, because there's a book written by a superintendent of New York schools called uh, his name is John Gatto. And he mm-hmm. talks about the secret underground of the school system. And it was basically designed to raise up minions for the Industrial Revolution. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, there's no there's no question. Right. I mean, it will what...
1: never go to what's best for the student ever.
0: No. I mean, we, 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 we all know this. Right. We're 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 seeing living proof. Of individuals, not necessarily of, of our generation, but maybe the generation just below us and just ahead of us. Mm-hmm. What are we seeing in the world? I mean, this is this, the, the communists and the socialists, they knew, hey, there's no way we're going to overthrow the United States. No way. We're going to have to do this slow. Mm-hmm. Communist manifesto, right? This, the Saul Alinsky tactics. And, and it starts in the education. Let's just start yeah. indoctrinating people. Exactly. Hey, the United States—they have this great education system, and this is a perfect place for us to start to doing that. So, on that topic, I got a couple of stories to share. You guys want to hear some stories?
1: Oh, yes. please! And I'm so, going—I'm going to look for that video. Yeah, why
0: don't you look for that? I'm going to tell a different story. So we—we, we, uh, my wife and I, uh, went out to dinner earlier this week. So I had a work training, and we—we uh, we had a, a, a dinner with some of my coworkers, and we—I was talking with. Um, talking with some folks there. Um, and he was telling me the story that happened to his son in high school. And Mind you, this is here in Utah. Um, his son is 17 and he was in a class and the teacher was going around asking the kids, their personal pronouns. Ugh. What's your personal pronoun? What's your personal pronoun? And what's sad is a lot of the kids were going, he, him, like they, a lot of them were confused. Um, but when the teacher got to him, he's, she said, what's your personal pr- pronoun? He said, um, normal. <laughs> and he looked around and all the other kids are like, oh yeah. yeah. And she's, and, and the teacher then said, I will not tolerate this type of offensive hate speech. Hate speech. <laughs> exactly. I will not tolerate it. And I, I don't, and I'm paraphrasing here. I cannot for the life of me remember if she asked him to leave or if he just dealt with it and then told his parents, but he told the story, his parents told the story where they, they, they let administration know. I do have some good news. Administration has reprimanded this teacher and said that if it happens again, that this teacher will be out of a job.
2: They must actually, they must've started this new thing this year because they did the same exact thing in Andrew's class, all of his classes when they were introducing themselves, um, -hmm. The, one of the teachers said, I have to ask you guys about your preferred pronouns. And he was he was like not altogether too happy about it. But,
0: but that's ridiculous. I, I mean, if, if if I'm in that class, I have to ask you your personal pronouns and I'll be like, why? If or, you have to guess what my pronoun is, you need to have your head checked.
1: Well, it's an agenda. That's why
0: yeah well, we know people
2: why. have been doing things they don't understand for the last couple of years just because exactly. someone is telling them to
0: <laughs> exactly exactly so so that's the first story the second story i'm sure you guys have all seen uh justice is sharing on the screen here there was a young man who uh, is in colorado his name is Jaden, and i don't remember his last name i apologize um there are videos, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, and, and because, you know, we'll probably get taken down on our platforms, I don't think we're going to play the video unless we can.
1: Yeah, we'll see if it loads.
0: Okay. So there was a young man who, there it is right there, and that's really all you need to know. He's Jaden Rodriguez, 12-year-old. He had, um, stop right there, Justice. Go back to, um, yep, right there, where it's showing a picture of him. Yep, that's it. So he had on his backpack a picture of the Gadsden flag. Do you guys know what the Gadsden flag is? It's
1: right here. Don't tread on yeah.
0: Me. It's the don't tread on me flag. Now, this woman that you can see in the picture, and for those of you who are listening on our podcasts, um, you, you'll find a link to this video in our description. Um, there's a woman who's sitting there, and I don't remember if this is the administrator or the teacher. I believe it's an administrator. Um, she states unequivocally that his flag is offensive because it represents slavery and the slave trade
1: <laughs> and the teachers are uneducated.
0: Exactly. So they made, and I don't remember if they made him go home. Oh, it's an unacceptable symbol linked to white supremacy. Okay. Um, this teacher needs to have her head checked. Well, for one, this administrator, teacher, whatever, she needs to be fired uh, because she needs to go back to U.S. history and understand where this flag came from. Do either of you two know where this flag came from? Do you know what the history of this flag is? Why it's called the Gadsden flag to begin with? Do either no, of you guys know? I
1: don't know. I I, do, I remember learning it, James, but honestly, I don't know why it's called the Gadsden flag.
0: All right, so the Gadsden flag, and, and let me, I don't want to... Um, I don't want to butcher this, so I'm going to look and make sure I get this right. So the Gadsden flag was designed by Christopher Gadsden, who was a revolutionary um, during the Revolutionary War. And um, he took he was okay. so let me let me back up a little bit here. So. The flag is named for Christopher Gadsden, who is a South Carolina delegate to the Continental Congress and brigadier general in the Continental Army. He designed the flag in 1775 during the American Revolution. Now, he took the rattlesnake that you see on there. That was a prominent symbol that was a symbol of unity of the 13 colonies. Because it was Benjamin Franklin used it in his Join or Die woodcut and, the, uh, um, and other, other things that he published when, when he was uh, publishing his, um, what the frick are those things called? You know, like those leaflets. There we go. Where he published his leaflets to get the support of the colonists behind, um, behind the revolution. So do either of you know Benjamin Franklin's uh, stance on, uh, on slavery? Do you guys know? Where did, where did he stand on that?
1: He was all for it.
0: Uh, no. I'm actually. joking.
1: Really?
0: <laughs> that, is, that would be wrong. No. Um, he was an ardent abolitionist. Even before the Declaration of Independence, even before the Constitution was ratified, Benjamin Franklin said, we have got to eliminate this evil that is known as, as slavery. And um, so this woman who says the flag stands for slavery and, and white supremacy. Again, she needs to have her freaking head checked. Good news in this story. The school district superintendency has said no. He can wear the flag um, and he can do whatever he wants with it. I don't know if they've reprimanded these, these administrators or these teachers. I really hope they do. I also know that a number of constitutional good attorneys, there are a handful of them, they have reached out to Jaden and his family. They absolutely have a, a lawsuit here. See again, and this is we're in a target rich environment, people. Target rich environment. So oh, you think it's gonna play here?
1: I think it's on Rumble. So. Okay, let's
0: let's see if we can get this to play. You guys can take a listen. You'll see how ridiculous this is.
1: Okay, hold on. I've got to go back and make sure the audio is shared. Otherwise otherwise it won't, it won't work. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. While you're doing that, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a shout out to a few folks. Heather Gas, thank you for joining us. Uh, there was Thomas Heldahl, and I apologize if I'm saying that wrong, um, from Sweden and Norway. Thank you for being here. We love that you're here. Diesel for We the People. Thank you, Charlie. Glad you guys are here watching us. Rise of the Republic 2020. Thanks for being here. All right, let's see here. Okay. All right. Maybe.
1: No. <laughs> oh, okay. Ready? My I told you. so, folks. My internet's going in and out. So just if I if we disappear or anything, that's my fault. Apologize. Gotcha. All right. Here we go.
2: This trick to power your home for pennies has made energy companies furious.
0: This is not the video, by the way. That's just a stupid out. ad. <laughs> Thank you. Here we go. Do they know
2: what the Gadsden flag is? That it's a historical
0: flag. So there, um, the
2: reason that they do not. Want the
1: flag? You, you do not want the flag. flag. Mm-hmm.
0: is due to its origins with the slavery, slavery and slave trade that So, stop I'm it right there for a second, Justice. Okay. Blinders. So, just so everyone, for some context, so Jaden's mom is here, Let's and see. while this woman in the video that and, and and I don't know if you can if you can adjust the volume on that. It's a little hard to hear. Maybe Ooh. over that volume thing next to the play button. Raise that up all the way. Um, yeah, it looks like it is. Anyway, um, this woman is like, um, there's a, there's some concerns with this flag because of its origins. And her mom, his mom says, the Revolutionary War. And she says, uh, no, slavery.
1: And okay? the slave trade. Yeah.
0: And the slave trade. Okay. Again, she needs to have her head checked. All right, let's keep going. The Gadsden flag. The Don't Tread on Me, okay. which
2: is the Gadsden button. Um, okay, so he, he um, <laughs> he's, what's going to happen if he doesn't take it all? He, I mean, he is able to go, I was actually just telling him, like, I'm set, upset that he's missing so much school. I'm like, ah, so I asked him, can he just take his stuff out of his bag and go back to class? <laughs> like, I just want him to go back to class. The bag can't go back. It's got catch on it. We can't have that and around other kids. So
1: that's what I was trying to then he said you were closed. So I was like, oh, Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the revolutionary war patch that was okay. displayed when they were fighting the British. Like, that wasn't... That's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of like uh, um, <laughs> the <laughs>
0: confederate, <laughs> um, <laughs> confederate... Okay, I... You want to say something? No, I just... I was just going to say for those of you listening on our podcast, this... You got to watch this video. This woman it, it is just... I mean, it's laughable.
2: She's just like...
1: It doesn't really just, matter. Like, I don't care crazy. what you say, Mom.
0: I don't care what you say. He's not going anywhere
1: in that class with that batch. Yeah, I, I'm told to tell you this, and that's the bottom line. Pretty yeah. much. Okay. Oh, I love he's the little right
2: boy. under the American flag. Yeah, oh yeah.
1: Good point, Ran. Ran
0: says the American flag is hanging right there. I I, I didn't even notice that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love the little boy. Almost starts to laugh. Yes. This
0: kid is. I have so much hope. For our for our future generation, because of young men like this boy, like mm-hmm. Jayden. yeah, like I said, young young women like my daughters and 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 my sons, I'm, I, I have so much hope. Anyway, let's keep going. This is it's only a three minute long video, but let's keep going. So I am here
2: to enforce the policy that was provided by the district, and definitely you have every right to not agree with it i mean I, yeah, yeah he says that he's allowed to wear that if you like go on their website it's like says in the big so letters i all, all
1: i'm saying is that unless
2: there's like a ban on patches period like you said there's no patches allowed at the school you cannot display what you think or anything like that or what cheer or anything like that um i i don't i think it's like one-sided you know because you would allow some patches, but not other, other patches. Other kids have patches like other names, like American flag. That patch. Yeah. That was like flown well, during the revolution, but um, yeah, I I just can't stand that at all. So what I can do? Is and if you speak if you go onto on to our... the ACLU Youth Web Student site, yeah, let's let's talk to. I do can, can, can have to speak to I, I can have
1: you speak to Jeff uh, Jack Yocum
2: okay. again. Um, and then he can refer you to our person at the district okay. um, because like I said, we're following district policy so is what we're doing. All right, go ahead. Go
0: ahead and stop it right there. The so have, <clears throat> this woman keeps saying we're following district policy. You guys are going to hear that a lot. And, I, and we're good, Justice. We go ahead and close that because I, I think we're done with that. Um, you're you're going to hear this a lot. We're following district policy. We're following district policy. Let me ask you two, does policy trump your rights? No. Absolutely freaking not. Okay? Who makes policy?
2: Corporations?
0: Yeah. Other people. Um if I don't have the power or authority to force either one of you two to do th- anything, do do the two of you together have that power to force me to do something? No. No. No, it's a simple answer. No, it's not, and and we're gonna we're gonna touch on this here a little bit today. We touched on it a little bit last time with our video with uh, Brandon the Big Sib, where these judges and these courts get it wrong all the time. They talk about statutory rights. They talk about constitutional rights. We don't have constitutional rights, people. We have natural rights. We have God given rights, unalienable rights. They don't come from other men or women. They're protected. They are constitutionally protected rights, not constitutionally granted rights. You got to be very deliberate in your words and and the way you say things. And so for this young man to, to, I mean, God bless him and his mom. And um, I I put up on the screen a couple of things there. Again, I got to remember that there are people listening. Um, Heather Gass said, great mama bear. Yeah, she was. And she knows her stuff. Also, too, just a little more piece of history. That flag, just so everybody knows, that flag was a banner and a call sign for um, mixed racial regiments during the Revolutionary War. Did you guys know that? No. There was a – so this this Brigadier General Gaston, he commanded a number of um, mixed racial regiments. So he had African-American soldiers, he had Native American soldiers, and he had white soldiers. And they were all fighting for freedom. So don't let anybody tell you that flag stands for slavery because it doesn't. It never did. Mm-hmm. It stands for don't tread on my rights. Now I got to tell you a funny little story. So my nephew, you guys know, he, he used to live with us. He, he has since moved out. Oh, okay. um, so he, he's moved out. He's on his own and he's working his tail off. But he, he got that sticker and he put it on the back window of his car. Well, what's funny is over time, the T in tread fell off <laughs> so the sticker says don't oh. read on me <laughs> and what's hilarious is his girlfriend's dad says you got you got an issue with the education
2: system or something what's going on with that <laughs> that's funny
0: <laughs> and he just hasn't bothered to fix it how so- ironic
2: this isn't whole situation it, with Jaden that they're talking about something that was used to say, don't tread on my rights. And then they are treading on his yeah, exactly. minute, like, but, his natural right to speak and be free about whatever he wants to say, as long as it, it's not bringing harm to anyone.
0: <laughs> isn't that, isn't that so ironic? I mean, the irony and all the of The irony this is just is,
2: unbelievable.
0: Yeah, I know. It, it really is. It really is. The the irony is what is really what, what kills it for me.
2: So well, and it um, wasn't even so much the ignorance of not knowing the history of the Gadsden flag. I don't, I didn't necessarily know it either. That's not the issue. No. Um, the issue is that she was trying to bring a punitive measure upon him in her ignorance. I don't know. Yeah. That just-
0: yeah. I mean, it just, it just makes you, it does make you scratch your head a little bit. You have to just wonder sometimes. So. Well,
1: if again, like I keep saying, if you go back to the communisto, Ma- the mat, uh, the communisto. Yes, the communisto. The
0: communisto.
1: <laughs> I know common. what you
0: meant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, that's anisism. Sorry. All right. Well, anyway, it's all part and parcel. It's laid out. Yeah. It's what they do.
0: Yep. So, it, it's it's like you're not gonna. They they knew we're not going to affect a massive revolution if we go in guns blazing and mm-hmm. do everything at once. Let's just let's just change little things over time. Little truths over time. I mean, isn't that what the adversary does? Isn't that what Satan does?
2: Mm-hmm. He takes little window. little
0: pieces of truth and convolutes them into to little, and then it justifies.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, at, at church they talk about the number one the number one downfall of everybody is justification. They justify everything. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it, you know it, it, again, good for that mom, good for that mama bear, good for good for you, Jaden. They've uh, like I said, there's been some constitutional attorneys that have reached out um, and uh, are, are, are going to be they're, they're, this. The school district's going to have a massive lot li- and, and this woman is going to be personally held liable. So she darn well better have an insurance policy in place because when you're personally held liable, you are on the line. What your... is
1: interesting to see the weakness that people? I'm just here to enforce the policy. Oh yeah, you know, we wrapped nope. your face with duct tape and cut off your breath. But I'm just here mm-hmm. to enforce the. Like there's no there's no individual thought. Everybody really is such a slave to their job and to their paycheck that they won't stand for anything but their job and their paycheck, and it's disgusting to see.
0: No, I mean, and and it's really sad. I mean, like I said, you know, I. You know, I haven't told any. You know, I haven't told you guys the company I work for, but it's a large corporation. It's a multinational corporation. They're all over the world. And I was scrolling through some social media things yesterday, and I saw there was a post by my by my company, and they had posted in Malaysia and how they're furthering ESG goals and other climate change things. And I just like, okay, I'm done. I'm not following these people anymore. I mean, and that's again. Do we do we just bend at the whim of what society says, or do we stand firm on our principles?
1: It's not even society is technocrats.
0: Yes, yes. You know, and, and along those lines, <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about you know the the title of our show today was an update on property tax suit uh, and a frivolous motion to dismiss. So as 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 many of you know, I filed suit against my local county and a, and a couple of officials here. Um, and ironically, they have to answer my suit by the end of the day today. They have to tell the end of the day today to do it. Um, I decided that I wanted to take the bull by the horn, so to speak. You know, Dr. Graves talks about in his course, like, this is your case. You move it how you want. Don't ever let anybody stop you. Don't let the court delay you. Don't let the other side, excuse me, delay you. This is your case and you handle it the way you need to. So I took the initiative. Now, they haven't filed anything into the court. So I didn't know who their attorneys were that are going to be representing these defendants. But I knew they were a county entity. So I took it upon myself to reach out to the county attorney, the district attorney, and I said, hey, I'm the named plaintiff in the suit. Um, I'm I'm wondering who's going to be defending this. I I have some questions, and I'd like to set up a meeting. So I found out that they assigned two people, two people to to defend them against me, a little old me. Um, and we had a call on Tuesday. It lasted about 20 minutes long. Um, and in no uncertain terms, they told me they plan. So I'll be, again, I'll be surprised. I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. They told me that they were planning on filing a motion to dismiss for lack of subject matter jurisdiction and let, a failure to state a claim. Okay? <laughs> yes. So, you know, I... You know because you know this is how I am. I said okay. I, you know I'm I'm curious how you guys think that those defenses have any merits whatsoever. I said because I properly invoked the court's jurisdiction and subject matter jurisdiction, and um, I have unequivocally stated a claim for relief. He said well you, you you'll see our you you'll see our our, our motion and our response. is like okay well if there's anything in there that's frivolous. And if this motion is meant to just needlessly delay these proceedings, I will call the court's attention to it. So under rule 11 of pretty much all the rules, federal rules or even whatever state rule you're in, um, they can be sanctioned if they knowingly file a document that is meant to harass um, or needlessly delay the proceedings. So the only way that that doesn't happen is if there's anything in the documentation that that holds any kind of water. So I, I, that's why I say I'm, I'm, they haven't filed any documentation yet. I, I've, I've been checking as we've been on here. Um, I don't have anything from uh, from the notification of the court system yet. So um, when I do, I will keep you guys all updated. More than likely, it's going to be sometime next week um, that I'll be doing that. And uh, if they're stupid enough not to file anything, <laughs> then I move for default, which would just be ridiculous on their part. But um, Yes.
1: When they file these things and there's a precedent set for when they file, is mm-hmm. it by the end of the business day or is it by midnight, the end of the natural day?
0: Well, so for you and I, if if we can email our documents to the court, it's by the end of the business day. Or, <laughs> yes. I know. Now, the, courts, say, yeah. the courts have said that they will file it on the date that it's received. So... So if I send you a document today and the court doesn't get around to filing it until Monday, they they will post it as if it was filed today, if that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But with this electronic system that a lot of these attorneys have access to, they can file documents at eleven o'clock at night,
1: nice. and I've
0: seen it. They've done that before. I've seen documents filed at ten thirty, in other cases. Okay. So, so that's yeah. So they have until midnight tonight, to to file this. You know, Diesel says smells like default. I. I I would be shocked, Diesel. I mean, I talked to these guys. I talked to both of them, and they, and they both were blubbering idiots. And, and, I, and I'm, you know, I, I guess yes. I better be careful. I better be careful because, you know, this is still ongoing, and I don't want to. But it it, all, it never surprises me that, you know, they, 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 they send like like Alphonse, for example. In his cases that he's dealing with, they send six people out, six attorneys to deal with him. And they got two people to deal with me. And you want to tell me, I mean, if I really didn't have a claim for relief, do you really think that they would expense two attorneys who, um, from what I've, I haven't checked them out, but from what I've heard, they've been practicing law for quite some time. You really think they would do that?
2: slam dunks with people who don't really know what they're talking about. So they've been lazy. They've developed a, a general sense of complacency, I think, with, mhm practice at law you
0: know it, it you know and i was honest i told him, i said hey if that's the route you guys are going to go i said i will i will move for a summary judgment i said because just because you file a motion to dismiss a motion to dismiss it does not delay the proceedings well the the way that we read the rule is that it we don't have to answer until that motion is ruled upon i said like, yeah you're correct you don't have to answer but i can still move for summary judgment even if you haven't filed an answer So I am forcing them to file an answer. great. So, and and really at the end of the day, so everybody knows the whole purpose of this is to bring them to to the settlement table, bring them to the table to talk. And I told them on the call, I said, guys, I'm willing to talk whenever you are. But I said, I gave you guys ample time. I dropped off a copy of my suit and you had it for 60 days, 60 days and you did nothing with it. So you can't sit there and tell me that I didn't do anything to be able to uh, to um, exhaust all administrative remedies, which I, I'm I'm willing to bet that one of the things that they bring up if they do file a motion to dismiss is failure to exhaust administrative remedies. Is like yeah, good luck with that. So, but I do want to share with you, um, and um, just so everyone knows, Erica does have to take off here in a couple of minutes. She's got to run.
2: I'll be back. Hopefully you guys are still going. I just got to run him to school real quick.
0: Yeah. She's got to run her son to school and then she'll be back. But while, while she's doing that, I am going to show you. All right, let's open up this one right here. Okay. So I didn't get anything. um, I haven't had anything filed in my case yet, but Alphonse has. And as a lot of, you know, um, I based my lawsuit very closely to what Alphonse did. Now, Alphonse's lawsuit was over 150 pages. Mine was 42. Um, I didn't have as near of a history as as what Alphonse did with, with in his case, it's the county of Delaware, Delaware County, um, back there in Pennsylvania. I mean, he's he's had a number of years of history with that. So um, they're, the guy that's defending them, which is some – Hotshot attorney. I don't know. I don't even think he is. And down in Philadelphia, he filed a motion to dismiss. And and here's the five things that he says the reasons why the complaint should be dismissed is for these five three five things. The first he states is the court lacks subject matter jurisdiction over the claims because plaintiff lacks standing to bring suit as he is not the owner of the property as alleged. Okay. The second is the court lacks subject matter jurisdiction over the claims because 28 U.S.C. 1341 bars a constitutional challenge to a property tax assessment issue when state law remedies are available, and here they are. The complaint fails to state a cause of action because the challenged property tax scheme is constitutional. The complaint fails to state an action to the extent any claim is barred by sovereign and or governmental immunity, and lastly, Plaintiff failed to comply with Rule 8 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, which mandates that he plead a short and plain statement of his claim. So those are the five things that this attorney says the reason why Alphonse did not state a claim and he doesn't have standing.
1: So can we ask, number one? Yeah. If 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 they're asking him for property tax and then they say he's not the owner of the property, doesn't that just end it right there? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it does, actually. So they're demanding that he pay property taxes.
1: and stating he doesn't own the property.
0: But stating he doesn't own the property. They just contradicted themselves. Exactly. Yes, you're correct. So what's interesting, though, is, and I'm not going to read through this entire thing in the interest of time, but basically it was his, it's Alphonse's dad and his mom were the original owners, and they're still the owners that are shown on the deed. They have both since passed away. Alphonse is the sole heir to their estate. So how does that work? Right. Right. Who, who, who now becomes the owner in, in perpetuity? If the owners on the deed of record pass away, who gets that property? Well, if there was a, if there was a will or if there was a, a trust set up, which I believe was the case in Alphonse, I don't remember. Um, he gets it. Your kids get it. That's how it's always been.
1: That's how it so- works. So this is the most recent document
0: From this attorney. Yes. here's so
1: what he can then ask for proof of ownership then who, then who owns? Well it?
0: here's 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 what <clears throat> here's what I just I can't wrap my head around. okay. Uh, this this right here <laughs> that I've got highlighted on the screen. there he attached as an exhibit an affidavit from someone from the County register who says
1: Alphonse or the attorney,
0: the attorney. Sorry. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you're keeping me on on track there. The attorney attached as an exhibit to this motion to dismiss an affidavit from, from the office of the register of wheels of Delaware, Delaware County. And this is what it says. The Register of Wills of Delaware County has determined that a, des- that a decedent's estate was raised for Alfonso Fagiolo in 2019 and his wife, Margaret Fagiolo, was named the executri- executrix. See the affidavit of Rachel Berry. No decedent estate has been raised in Delaware County for Margaret Fagiolo. Thus, it should be inferred that Margaret Fagiolo is still alive. Is she? No. That's his mother. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay. I, I'm not, I, I'm lost as to whether that's his mother or Alphonse's wife or ex-wife or something.
0: No, so. Alphonse has never been married as far okay. as I know. All right. No, there we go. Margaret Fagiolo is his mother. She, oh, from, my God. as far as I know, she has since passed away. Oh, so this my
1: attorney God.
0: says that she is still alive. Further by operation of law, Margaret is the sole title holder of the property by right of survivorship as a tenant by the entirety. Can you wow. guys believe this?
1: That's an <laughs> easy thing to find out too. <laughs>
0: oh, so he bases his entire argument on that. This says the court lacks subject matter jurisdiction because the plaintiff doesn't have standing. He's not the title holder of record. That is wrong. Um, he says the court, lack subject matter jurisdiction to enjoin the County of Delaware from assessing taxes on the property or hear constitutional challenges to its taxing authority. All right. So this, this was one that I that caught my eye it says, pursuant to 28 USC 1341 district courts shall not enjoin suspend or restrain the assessment levy or collection of any tax under state law, where a plain speedy and efficient remedy may be had in the courts of such state. Now, What does that mean exactly? That means if I am a taxpayer complaining that a tax being assessed against me is unconstitutional, I am required to go to state court to seek my remedy. What is the main issue that Alphonse has brought up in his and that I brought up in my property tax suit?
1: it's you're in county court, aren't you?
0: No, I'm in federal court. Okay. Okay. I don't know. The main issue is that they are assessing taxes against non taxpayers.
1: Oh, right. Right. Meaning you have to be a company.
0: Meaning you have to be organized and incorporated under the statutes of the state. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this argument doesn't apply. Because they have provided no evidence that Alphonse is a taxpayer. And if they had or they could, then this would apply, and then he would have to go to state court, and then this this district court would lack jurisdiction. But as such, it doesn't.
1: So and and going back to the <clears throat> the person still alive, wouldn't that be one of those tactics to delay because it's very exactly. easy for an attorney to find out if someone's alive or dead?
0: Uh, yeah. If he's not stupid. Guy's,
1: this guy's yeah.
0: just this guy's just ridiculous. Yeah, just me. Just me says it best. Attorney could have easily checked for death certificate filed with vital statistics. Yeah, but he chose not to. Right. So, I mean, again, this, this, this shows the fallacy of this guy's argument right here. A taxpayer who believes he has been subjected to unequal taxation due to an allegedly unconstitutional statute must demonstrate... The enactment results in some form of classification and such classification is unreasonable and not rationally related to any legitimate state purpose. Again, he just contradicted himself right there. This this is this is what we talk about, you guys. These liars live and die in the sea of statutes. What sometimes you'll hear if if those of you jump over to um, Kirk's Law Corner channel and you watch his stuff, he refers to it as the Roman civil law. This is what this is what this is referring to. I'm not saying that these statutes are Roman civil law, but this is what the Romans did. They said, oh, we're the state. We grant you your rights. It's not, your rights don't come from God. It's completely different. So again, he just contradicted himself because he said a taxpayer. The whole purpose of Alphonse's suit, he says, I'm not a taxpayer and they have provided no evidence that I am.
1: Right. And you did that as well, right?
0: I did the same thing. Now, this claim here, the 11th Amendment and the sovereign immunity and or governmental immunity bar all claims against moving defendants. Okay? I want to make it very clear. This is what the 11th Amendment says. The 11th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution immunizes non-consenting states and their agencies from suit in the federal courts by private parties. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania has explicitly withheld its consent to suit in federal court. 11th Amendment immunity extends to claims for money damages against state officials in their official capacities. It is well established that the 11th Amendment also bars suit brought in federal court against state officials under state law, regardless of the nature of the relief sought. Okay, here's the thing you guys need to understand. This is true when they are acting within the scope of their employment. So what does that mean? That means as long as they are doing exactly what state law says, you cannot sue them for their actions. But the minute they start doing anything under the color of law or they start committing crimes, this is off the table. If someone is committing crimes, they cannot claim governmental immunity. doesn't work. Make sense? Yep. Okay. Um, And then the last one, he says, the complaint should be dismissed for failure to plead a short and plain statement. Um, This is the wrong. I'm just going to tell you right now. This attorney will probably get, I hope, will be strongly reprimanded by the court because the proper remedy for a violation of this rule is a motion for a more definite statement. It is not a motion to dismiss. The courts are not going to go back and say, well, you can't just wiggle your way out of this because the, this this is a really long lawsuit. No, you you need to, if you need a more definite, a more definitive statement, you need to file a motion for that. Okay. So that's what we can expect to see. So let me show you what, um, let me show you how, how Alphonse replied, because you guys are going to like this. I mean, and this is just, oh, whoops, that's the wrong one. It's right here. You're you're, going to love the way that uh, Alphonse, I mean, you guys know how he is, right? You've taught, you've seen him in our chat before where he's been just brash and to the point. So um, I do want to read this. It's only seven pages long, but it's very good. Um, So the title of his document is Plaintiff's Response to Defendant's Motion to Dismiss." This is what he says. Plaintiff finds defendants motion to dismiss to contain false statements, i.e. that his mom is still alive.
2: Yes. Meritless
0: legal theories, excessively voluminous and unfocused ramblings that are so confusing, ambiguous, vague, and unintelligible to the point that plaintiff is left confused and not sure if the defendants can read and comprehend plain English. (laughs) (laughs) Plaintiff finds defendant's motion to dismiss frivolous for a failure to state any legal deficiencies within the four corners of plaintiff's complaint and therefore should be stricken and dismissed for the following reasons. Okay? Here you go. The undisputed of facts. Plaintiff Alfonso Nicholas Fagiolo is the sole biological son child of Margaret J and Alfonso P Fagiolo. Exercising actual and constructive dominion with legal position, possession excuse me, by inherent and indefeasible right with substantial possession and a clear constitutional standing in all family property to maintain this action in accordance with Title 42, 1983 and pursuant to Title 18, USC 4 as a matter of duty. Just so you guys know, that's misprison of felony, which basically says if you have knowledge of a crime and you don't commit it, you're guilty or excuse me, don't report it you're guilty of a crime. Uh, okay. He says it is a fact that defendants have clearly failed to provide any evidence of a licensed business activity, corporate charter and or tax returns filed and signed by plaintiff with defendants that would clearly prove up that plaintiff is a taxpayer by statutory definition conducting business and or commerce producing activity in this commonwealth, receiving taxable income with land or income attributable to real property within the scope of Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1 of the United States Constitution and Article 8 of the Constitution of Pennsylvania and pursuant to Pennsylvania tax reform codes. So one of the things that Dr. Graves talks about is that like, anytime you file a document with the court is a chance for you to get your story on the record. So that's what Alfonso's is doing here. He's already done this in his complaint. Like pretty much this is a, a carbon copy from from his complaint, but he's doing it again. okay? Then he lists out the Pennsylvania statutes of what a taxpayer means. okay? Number three, plaintiff as a non-taxpayer has no state law remedies within the Pennsylvania Tax Reform Code under of 1971 and/or Pennsylvania statutes titled 53. 8811. Okay. So that just, remember that argument that that guy brought? He's like, you got to go to state court for remedies first. No, as a non-taxpayer, I have no state law remedies. Okay. This is actually a case from the 10th circuit court of appeals, which is the circuit court that I'm in. Um, this is a great case and I'm going to use this if I need to. It is equally well settled that the revenue laws relate only to taxpayers. No procedure is prescribed for a non-taxpayer where the government seeks to levy on property belonging to him for the collection of another's tax, and no attempt has been made to annul the ordinary rights or remedies of a non-taxpayer in such cases. If the government sought to levy on the property of A for a tax liability owing by B, A could not and would not be required to pay the tax under protest and then institute an action to recover the amount so paid. There you go. Number four, he says, it is a fact that no government official has immunity from committing crimes against the people under the color of law. And here's another great case. Government officials no longer enjoy absolute immunity from personal liability for all of their official acts. As the states have gradually withdrawn the sovereign immunity of governmental units, so too have Congress and the federal courts narrowed the immunity of individual officials. The degree of immunity varies depending upon the nature of the act, If an exercise of legislative or judicial power is involved, the immunity is absolute. But the common law doctrine of official immunity no longer acts as an absolute bar to the individual liability of a public officer exercising executive power when an official acting under color of local law has deprived any person of a right or privilege protected by the federal constitution or other federal law He can be held personally liable in damages to the injured party under Section 1983 Mm. unless he pleads and establishes as an affirmative defense that he acted reasonably and in good faith with a bona fide and reasonable belief in the constitutional validity of the local law he was enforcing. Here's the difference. There are no local laws that these guys are enforcing. There is no law that says you can assess a property tax to a non-taxpayer. There is no law. They must be a taxpayer. Done. Okay. <clears throat> and the last one that, that he says, undisputed facts, number five, it is a fact that plaintiff's complaint is clearly in compliance with the heightened pleading standards imposed by Ashcroft v. Iqbal, which by the way, I when I was talking with the attorneys assigned to my case, I, I brought that up. This case? Ashcroft v. Iqbal. Yep. That this is requiring that the plaintiff provides sufficient factual matter in a simple, concise, and direct form based in law and fact with specificity stating a valid legal cause of action for the claimed violation that clearly evidences the unlawful conduct complained of within the meaning of 42, 1982, 83, 85, 86, and pursuant to federal rules of civil procedure. Okay. So. Let's get on to facts of the case. Um, He says, it is a fact that property ownership is a substantive right in guarantee. You can't be a taxpayer and taxed just because you own property to do so is clearly an unconstitutional application of the Pennsylvania tax reform codes and therefore is an action under color of law, AKA simulated legal process. Okay. You remember that this attorney <clears throat> brought up that the property tax scheme is not unconstitutional. You're right. He never made the argument that it was. He's making the argument that the application of that property tax scheme is unconstitutional, which it is. And you know, what's what's interesting is in my case, um, when I sent a records request to the county assessor, um, asking for a copy of my assessment, asking for a copy of the legally and lawfully promulgated law where we the people gave him the, the authority to tax us. Um, he cited back to me the Utah Constitution that states that so that all tangible property, <laughs> all tangible property is in that every person in corporation pays a tax that is fair. Okay, so he's clearly misunderstanding doesn't get the fact that just because we live in this state, just because we're born in this country does not mean you can tax me. It is not the government's job to make any one of us homeless, to fund the government. Do you guys, re- do you, does that, I mean, do you, do we, do we all realize the, the insanity of that?
1: The madness. You corruption. justice. Yeah. It's the magnitude of corruption is just overwhelming.
0: Well, I mean, does it make sense to you at all that that we the people, where, where, Not where, if you go, if you go back and you read your state's constitution, right? In, in my state here in Utah, where Justice and I live, Article One, Section One: All political power is inherent in we the people, and that all governments, um, and that all governments are founded for um, their equal protection and benefit. So, do you really want me expect me to believe? that I granted the state power to make me homeless just so I could fund the government. Get out of here. Nope. The insanity of that argument. Just, I mean, if anybody comes to make that argument, they're just dumber than a box of rocks. All right, you go ahead, go ahead and not pay your property taxes. We'll let them make you homeless instead. Okay. So just because you own property, you cannot be taxed. There must be what the courts call a nexus. Or a causal connection, which means you have to be granted the privilege of doing something with that property. So, um, Rise of the Republic, that's a great question. I'm going to get to that. Okay? I'm going to get to that.
1: So, I have a question. Go ahead. So, you know how, like with our mortgage case and everything that we were doing, Mm -hmm. you go through it all and you basically as a mortgage payer are not yep. the owner of the property. You're, you're, you're the tenant until your mortgage is paid off and you have a deed in your hand. Is that correct?
0: No, that is not actually correct. You, okay. you own, so if you take out a mortgage on your property, you are the property owner. Okay. You own the home, you own the land, you have title to it. When you take out a mortgage, what you're doing is you're, you're granting what's called a deed of trust or a trust deed and within the provisions of that trust deed you tell the mortgage company that says hey if i don't pay according to the terms of this trust deed you can force me to sell my property to um to to uh, um why am i why am i drawing a blank right now to to
2: make good on the debt
0: there you go thank you hey welcome back erica yeah. just in the nick of time <laughs> yeah okay. yeah so okay. you are according to property rights and property ownership you are the owner of the property all right so
1: tech i had a technical argument on that case if that was the case because it goes back and forth some people say that because you're listed as tenant you don't own it and vice versa and you you see all those arguments in which case then you would send the tax bill to the bank
0: correct yeah Yeah. so and, and there's you're gonna see um there are some sticky provisions in here, right? So like, let's let's just say if you're like, you know what, I'm done playing this game. I'm not paying my property taxes anymore. Well, these people have even these mortgage companies and these banks so confused to think that they can take your property that they will actually pay your property taxes on your behalf and then charge it back to you. (laughs) So be careful of that. So this is why I say you you just need to, um, you just need to get your property off their tax rolls, period. And and this is how we do this. So, um, <clears throat> going back to his response, number seven here, Alphonse says it's a fact that all defendants named in plaintiff's complaint are clearly acting under color of law and in breach of their fiduciary duty to plaintiff, and the people of Delaware County. <laughs> Defendant's misuse of the uh, tax reform code or statutes is depriving plaintiff of his substantive rights to equal protection of the law and property ownership free from any and all governmental interference as secured by the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of Pennsylvania. Okay. So there was a question, I think, was it uh, Rise of the Republic said, How can these tyrants be held accountable under Title 18, subsection 242? This is how you do it. So, um, you you have to show in your civil complaint that they are acting outside of the scope of their authority. So what is the scope of their authority? It's easy. It's the statutes. So the simplest way to understand this is statutes are passed by your local congresses to govern the actions of governmental employees. Simple. Now, there, some people are like, well, those laws apply to everybody. It's like, well, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go commit a crime against someone, that's a different story. But I'm talking about specific things that they can and cannot do is right there. I don't care about their policies and procedures. Just like with that video with, that we saw with uh, Jaden Rodriguez. Well, it's the district's policy. I don't give a rat's rear end about the district's policy. Because mm-hmm. no policies, no statutes, no laws can violate my God-given rights. hmm period. I have a right to speak my mind as long as I don't, as long as I'm not hurting someone, physically hurting. I don't care if you're, if you're offended, if you're offended, go get some coloring books and crayons and go sit in the corner.
1: I know. Gosh,
0: I am so done with you freaking snowflake people. So, okay. So that's, that's how we do that. Um, and I'll also show you how, how you do that here. I'll, I'll pull up my suit. He also said, it's a fact that defendants have failed to provide plaintiff and this court their statutory authority or any adequate evidence that would lead plaintiff, a reasonable man with reasonable intelligence, to believe that plaintiff has an obligation and or a legal duty and is liable to pay an ad valorem tax, which is ad valorem just means according to value, on plaintiff's non-commercial property. That is used only for private use of the owner and as a matter of substantive right to acquire, possess, own, protect, and enjoy property as guaranteed pursuant to the Constitution of Pennsylvania, Article 1, Section 1. Here in Utah, it says right there in Article 1, Section 2 that all people have a right to acquire, possess, and protect property. And in longstanding American jurisprudence and multiple Supreme Court decisions state that you cannot tax a right. A right cannot be taxed. Okay? Okay. So <clears throat> what he's asking the court to do is he's like, he says their motion to dismiss failed to state any legal deficiencies within the four corners of the complaint, which is true. It says their attorney who has taken a note to protect the people's rights and the constitution appear unable to analyze and comprehend what they're reading and therefore believe that the taking of a man's money slash home slash property under color of tax codes is frivolous and not a claim upon which relief can be granted. Demonstrating a severe mental impairment impairment. of (laughs) cognitive abilities to interpret and apply the law and the Constitution. (laughs) Something that only Alphonse can do. (laughs) Defendant's motion to dismiss is redundant, immaterial, impertinent, scandalous, unfounded, insufficient, and nothing more than regurgitated propaganda unsupported nor based in law. Further... The Constitution doesn't immunize public servants from committing crimes against the people of Pennsylvania. Awesome. Okay. So let me close this, and I'm going to pull up my suit so you guys can see. Here's a quick question for you, James. Yeah, while, while I'm pulling this up, let's go ahead and answer What's the question? Sorry, I'm, I don't have... What I'm if, not, what I'm if, not, if you were a-
1: using uh, your property for precautionary gain can the state or county then come in and remove your property?
0: So, do you mean, maybe you need to? I, I, need, I think I need you to clarify for me, JDs. Are you saying that um, if you're using your property for business purposes and that you've registered that property with the state, or here's the or, or are you just using that property, say, you know, to do woodworking or whatever it is that you do in your own private? Barn or whatever it is. So you're saying income property is what he says, okay? What expound on that? Do you mean like you're renting the property?
1: Apartment building.
0: Okay, apartment building. Yes. Then yes, that qualifies as a commercial property, and that you would be liable to pay property tax on that building. So if you are the pro, if you are the owner of the apartment building, then yes, because you have to get right, you have to get a business license to do that. Um, looks like JD says rentals. Heather says like vacation rentals by owner. Yes. Those properties qualify. I'm talking your personal property that you live in.
2: Unless he used it just as like private contract. There you go. Another man or woman.
0: There you to, go. Now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> have a bit of
2: time that they spend in the private property basically, because there's no, they're not allowed to interfere with your private contracts.
0: Correct. Well, and then he also says here, Okay, pay is okay, but can they take it from you? Here's the other thing about that JD's. No, they cannot and there was a there was a a recent Supreme Court decision that affirms that that if you fail to pay property taxes on a commercial property, the state cannot take the entire property from you. They can only take and sell what so let me let me just take it back a little bit here. Let's say the property is worth in market value 1 million dollars and you owe the state $15,000 in property taxes. They cannot take the entire property from you. They can take and force a sale of the property to get their $15,000 back, but then you are owed the remaining difference.
1: Which they often don't do, James.
0: Which they never do. And (laughs) that's why there was a case that that was taken to the Supreme Court recently where the Supreme Court said, no, the state cannot keep the difference. They have to give that money back to the... Uh-oh, what was that term? The taxpayer. So they can only do this to taxpayers. And even still, they cannot take the entire property. They, they can force a sale to get the back taxes of the commercial property, but they cannot take the difference between what it sells for and what the tax was owed. Does that make sense? Whoa.
2: Sale does not make sense.
0: How about $5 million For sale in LA County. Oh dude, JD's if you're in Southern California, God bless you, brother. Uh, uh I don't know. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) Um,
1: That's a big fight. Yes. There's,
0: there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways. Again, the only reason, the only way they can do this is if, and here's the big, if, if you register the property with the state, right? Why in the world would you ever register your property with the state?
1: They make what you. I do with my property is my business. They force you to.
2: They do. They force you. We just did that with the property that we got. They they through the mortgage process with the banks, they file yeah. everything for you.
0: Yep, they do. People's Republic of West Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. So they... JDs reach out to me. Well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like you've got a pretty you know, send me a message, uh, direct message on Telegram. Or um, if you're looking at us on YouTube, send a message in the YouTube channel, and, and uh, I'll get back to you. Put the property
2: into trust.
0: Yeah, put it into trust. I mean, and you then have, don't
2: have your trust register it.
0: Yeah, you you have a right to own that property, and you have a right to do with that property as you see fit. You don't need to register that property with the state for any reason, even if you are conducting a business. I'm just here to tell you, people, why would you do that? So I don't want the government involved in, in my business at all.
1: Because they, they have um, the power and the guns and the so forth. So Mm -hmm. my daughter has a little business. We sell a product that's made in a facility over in Oregon organic and Mm -hmm. sells it at the farmer's market. Well, the USDA came in, confiscated it all, took it all because it didn't say sesame and shellfish on the label as well. And Mm -hmm so forth and so on. And then I have to fill out an application if I want to sell it wholesale and pay a fee and yada, yada.
0: Yeah. That's, do do? that's they
1: come in. they take your stuff, they hold it, they bully you, you, you know, and
0: yeah. It. So this, I mean, that goes on to this um, civil asset forfeiture thing. That's, I mean, this is the this is the ridiculousness of all of this. And I, there was a video that went around a little while ago and I and I'm getting off on a tangent here. I want to get back to I want to answer Rise of the Republic's question on holding these people accountable under Title 18 241 and 242. So I just want to hold that there for a second. There was a video going around a little while ago of this veteran um, who was driving from Texas to I think Oregon to go see his daughters and he gets pulled over by a state trooper in Nevada. And, you know, he was he was cordial. I mean, he did everything. He, he cooperated with this. I mean, he did, again, we should know our rights. And it, it, just because you're saying, no, I choose not to answer questions, doesn't mean you have anything to hide. Well, I just need to know who I'm dealing with. Well, that's great. Go ahead and run my plates. You'll see who I am. Go ahead and here's my... You know, if you're, if you're choosing to use a license, cause you don't want to be harassed, which is like I do. It's like, here's my license. You know who I am. Okay. Beyond that, I have no duty or obligation to get out of my car unless I'm being, unless I'm being accused of committing a crime. I have no obligation to answer any questions whatsoever. Cause I cannot self-incriminate myself. Um, but this guy cooperated and did everything. They asked him to get out of the car. He gets out of the car. And the number one thing, if I, could, if I could ingrain anything into your people's heads, do not, under any circumstances, do not allow them to search your car without a warrant. Okay, let me state that again. Do not allow them to search your car without a warrant. And there's two reasons for that. The first is it's unconstitutional. Even if they bring a drug-sniffing dog, oh, the dog I don't care what the dog did. You must have a warrant. Go get a warrant. I'll wait. I'll stand right here. Go get your warrant. Come back. Okay? That's the first thing. The second thing is there was another video of a corrupt highway patrolman in Florida who was planting drugs in good people's cars to make his cases look like he was doing good. Okay? Now, this guy who was traveling from Texas to Nevada, he had 10000 uh, No. He had almost $100,000 in cash because he doesn't trust banks that he was taking to go give to his daughters. They confiscated the cash because they brought out a drug sniffing dog. And I'm here to tell you about 90% of all cash has come into some kind of contact with some type of drugs or something. That's exactly what, um, that's exactly what happens, which is why they bring out the drug sniffing dogs because then get, oh, the, We got, yeah, the dog was, was sniffing on it. It's, it's, we have reason to believe that this is Related uh, to a a drug trade or something like that. So they confiscated his money. He didn't get it back for almost a year. That is why civil asset forfeiture laws are unconstitutional. Remember, you cannot be deprived of what, guys? Life, liberty, or what else?
2: Property. Property
0: Property without what?
2: due process
0: due process of law which requires a warrant which requires a criminal charge from either an indictment or if you waive your right to an indictment which you have that right an information you can't do that crap without that stuff so
1: they do, they do every day that's why you need to know your rights
0: they do every day so you have got and this is why again this is why I'm I I, I am teaching my daughter I have I, I just Obey the traffic laws, obey speed limits, obey things like that. If you're just a reasonable, good person, you should have no reason to get pulled over. But, you know, it happens. If you get pulled over, if you got somebody who's bored and wants to, I don't know, some officer's bored and wants to flex his or her muscles with you, okay, that's great. This is is exactly how it goes. Do you know why I pulled you over? And I say, officer, I really have no idea. And if they start to tell you, well, you were doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, it's like, okay, if you say so. And then the next thing is like, well, where are you headed to? Or what are you doing here? It's like, well, um, before I ask or answer that question, um, can I be held, you know, can, can I be held liable for anything I say? Can you use anything against me? Right? Because what's, what's the first thing they say when they read you your quote unquote Miranda rights?
2: Anything you say can and will, and be-, and
0: will be used against you. Yep. So Diesel for We the People says it's a bill of attainder. It's actually a tinder, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, and that's what it is, or a bill of pains and penalties. And don't let them tell you that that's well. That's a law that's for a specific group. No, it's two things: one, an act of the legislature; two, that prescribes a punishment. That is a bill of attainder, or an ex post facto law. Okay, all right. I want to get back to um, I want to get back to the question on how do we hold these people accountable. For Title 18 242. This is how we do it. So, this is a copy of my lawsuit. Um, I've posted this in my Telegram group. So, for those of you who are watching or listening, jump over to Telegram into Affidavits 101. You're going to find a copy of this suit here. Okay. Um, I, I want to point out a couple of quick things. You know, you remember I said earlier this week, I talked with the attorneys who are defending these people. They said they want to move to have this case dismissed for lack of subject matter jurisdiction. Well, the court can only hear questions or or federally, if there's a federal question on a specific right, Um, this right here, 28 USC 2202, that is a federal law that grants anyone to seek what's called a declaratory judgment, which is right up here, where there is a controversy that exists. It's like, Hey, these people are trying to apply this law to me unconstitutionally. I need the court to declare that yes, they are doing that. So if that's the case, I've just granted the court subject matter jurisdiction. Okay. But let me scroll down here. Um, Again, I'm not going to go through all of this because you guys know Um, here's the injunctive relief I'm seeking right here. Let me get down to my affidavit of probable cause. So within my lawsuit, I have actually I have actually stated crimes that these agencies and these people are committing against me. Okay? Um,
1: Can you read it out for the people on the? Yeah,
0: I'm getting down here. These are all the affidavits right here. So I'm getting down here to the part where I'm asking for the impanelment of a grand jury. Here it is right here. So under section D of my suit, demand for impanelment of grand jury prima facie evidence of criminal acts by defendants. In seeking compliance with Title 42, 1987, prosecution of violation of certain laws that authorizes and requires at the expense of the United States to institute prosecutions against all persons violations of, oh, here it is, Title 18, USC 241 and 242, and this is the granddaddy of them all, so to speak, the 1964 Civil Rico. You guys, did you guys know that if you bring a suit and you allege violations of civil recall that the United States attorney's office is required to instigate an investigation. Did you guys know that? Cool. Yep. So Heather asked a question. I thought you couldn't ask for money in declaratory judgment suit. If you were seeking just a declaratory judgment, you'd be correct. So if you were seeking a petition for declaratory judgment, but you can actually do the two in one. So you'll often hear uh, on the rule of law radio with Randy, where he will do a declaratory a petition for to, declaratory judgment first, and then he'll go back and sue when he gets that in his favor. Um, you can do that if you've got the time to do it. I, I, just, I don't have the time to do it. So you can you can absolutely seek a declaratory judgment within your own suit um, as long as you have properly pled the elements of your other causes of action. So... Um, Plaintiff also seeks compliance with Title 18 USA 3 and 4 that makes it a crime to fail to report a crime to the proper authorities and thus hereby states the following statements of facts. Plaintiff, as one of the sovereign people of the Union State of Utah, has probable cause supported by the facts to believe and does believe that defendant Weber County, a for-profit chartered corporation acting through defendant Weber County treasurer and the others have committed crimes. All of the actions complained of fall within conduct indictable under specific provisions of the organized crime control act. That's the civil RICO. The specific goal of RICO is to punish the use of an enterprise to engage in certain criminal activity. A person who uses an enterprise to engage in a pattern of racketeering activity may be convicted under the RICO criminal statute. An enterprise is defined as any individual partnership, corporation association, or other legal entity and any union or group of individuals associated in fact, though not a legal entity. The named individual defendants acting in their official capacities as constitutional officers governed by the clearly established laws of the state of Utah as a matter of custom and policy through a clear pattern of abuses and official condemnation are truly violating clearly established laws of the United States of America as defined by, and I list them all out, 13.41, Thirteen forty one frauds and swindles. Thirteen forty eight securities and commodities fraud. Thirteen forty six scheme or artifice to defraud. Uh, Thirteen forty three fraud by wire, radio, or television. What's that?
1: Do you have abuse of power in there?
0: Um, yeah, that's under that's actually under the uh, the local Utah laws. Okay. Defendants practice custom and policy of false entries and fictitious classification of plaintiff's property on their tax rolls for the purpose of applying the Utah tax code to manufacture a fictitious tax liability against plaintiff's non-commercial property to financially benefit all the defendants is an act done under the color of Utah tax code statutes as a matter of custom and policy and is violative of plaintiff's substantive rights to property ownership and procedural due process. Makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, I hope that answers the question. Um, let's see, Rise of the Republic. I hope that answers your question because that's exactly what we do. So, like I said, um, I haven't received their response to my complaint. Um, I am.
2: They're I am- too busy wetting themselves right now.
0: I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm cautiously optimistic because they told me, you know, they're not going to get on the phone and tell me what they plan to do before they do it. I mean, that's just negotiation one-on-one, right? So if I had to guess, if I had to put money on this, which I'm not a betting man, but if I was, I would say that the likelihood that they file a motion to dismiss is about 70%, 65 to 70%. I really think that they might actually come back and file not an answer, but a motion, uh, for mediation or something like that. That's, that's my thought process. Whoops. So that is, that's what I had to share with you guys today. So, um, I will keep everybody updated. Um, you know, in next week's show, I do want to give a quick plug. We're going to have, um, our favorite captain, our airline pilot back, um, captain Bahig, Bahig. I can't remember if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Justice yes. Bahig. If you bah- guys remember, he was suing, is it United airlines? American. Ooh. American. Yeah. He was suing American airlines, uh, for their unconstitutional application of policies. <laughs> and he was, he was taking a brilliant strategy. So we're going to get an update from him. So we're going to have him, on the show next week. Uh we'll plan a show for next Friday. Um, probably about the same time. And the following week, I am I'm gonna be taking a break, um, uh, taking my family for some much deserved R. Um, we're gonna head over to uh one of the Hawaiian Islands. We were supposed to go to Maui. Um hey. Yeah, but then in light of everything that happened there, so we're now headed over to Oahu instead. So um but I will keep you guys posted. Like I mentioned, anytime I, I file a document into the court, in any of my cases, I post it on my telegram group. You guys are welcome to follow along there. I want to get the information to you while I can still get it to you in the event that we come to some type of a settlement and they want to seal the case. So, um, so Heather has one good question here. If they file a last minute motion to dismiss, does that stop the time or can you still file a motion for summary judgment? So according to the rules, Heather, um, under the federal rules of civil procedure under rule 12b which is where the motion to dismiss lives 12b6 uh, for failure state of claim what it does is it is it delays their requirement to file an answer but it does not delay the proceedings so what does that mean what that means is the moving party is required to move for a decision on their motion so if the defendants file a motion to dismiss and I file a reply and they file a response their next step is to set that motion for hearing if they fail to do that which 99 percent of the time they do because they're just looking to delay this to kick the can down the road then you can then say okay well you guys chose not to set this for hearing I'm going to go ahead and file my own motion and I'm going to get my motion set for hearing because you still have a responsibility to answer the complaint even if you choose not to through a motion to dismiss.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: I hope that makes, I hope that makes sense. So um, anything else, you guys, before we wrap it up here, just about an hour and a half. One of the, one of the suggestions Erica had, and I really love it is she wants to bring on, and I, I'm going to do this too with my, uh, uh, my daughter. Uh, we're going to bring on our kids and we're going to talk, uh, you know, about their knowledge of the constitution and their rights and, and questions that they have. So, um, I've mentioned this before for those of you who are following along either on our, our video platforms, rumble, YouTube, BitShoot, cloudhub Um, send us your suggestions. If you have anything you guys want to hear about or know more about, send us your suggestions for those of you on our podcast platforms, let us know. Um, and again, like I said before, please, uh, like, and share our videos and, and, and get the word out. We just want to get this information out to everybody as we possibly can. So, um, with that, I'm going to sign us off unless you guys have any, any closing thoughts, guys.
1: Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Okay. Really? Have
0: a, have a great, safe and happy Memorial Day or excuse me, Labor Day. Labor day. <laughs> oh, geez. I'm oh, yeah, you're starting
1: over again. <laughs> three, more, three more months of summer, Labor yeah. Day,
0: Labor Day. I got to remember okay. it's Labor Day.
1: Doesn't that thank mean we have everybody for,
0: yeah, thank you for all of us joining us uh, in our live stream. For those of you who are on, on here live, we appreciate you. We love you. Uh, with that, we will go ahead and, and uh, we we'll catch you next time. Take care, everybody.